This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Time Baseball Players Edition. Alongside Tony Gwynn Jr., I am Ben Davis, Radio.com Sports. This is a huge show for you today. A huge, huge show. And this is how, well, first and foremost, I'd like to welcome back Tony Gwynn Jr. back to Big Time Baseball after taking a short little hiatus. Um, I guess soccer sometimes is a little bit more important than baseball (laughs) because his daughter had a big soccer tournament last week. And how did she do, Jr.? They won it all, so it was well worth the trip and the money to fly up to Utah and stay in some hotels, and uh, it was awesome. They won the tournament. She played well. She made some memories. It was perfect. It was perfect. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it's good to have you back. Um, I'd be honest with you, it was tough flying solo by myself last week. So <laughs> I'm sorry I left you hanging, dog. I'm it's sorry. Ni- it's nice to have you back in the saddle, and uh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Big Time Baseball Players Edition is a part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free, anytime, anywhere. You can listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. You can explore by location or genre to find music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Later, we'll be joined by Jerry Harrison Jr., who's a 16-year Major League outfielder turned Dodgers TV analyst later in the broadcast. But let's get to some of these trades because it is going down. Man. I mean, these these are there's just some huge ones. I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Zach Granke to the Astros. And what is that expression? Hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Oh yeah, the rich get richer. What do you got on Granke? Uh, I just think this is a video game now for, for the Astros, right? I mean, you already had Verlander who has found the fountain of youth. for, uh, And then you, you, you bring in a guy like Grinky who will probably slot as their number three starter. I think that, I mean, this, this has to put them over the top, especially when you consider, at least as of right now, we haven't got any word about it, that the Yankees are basically going to get shut out from the starting pitching they needed. So I think this puts the Astros right at the tip top uh, of at least for the chance to win the pennant uh, in that American League. This is a terrific move for them, but they weren't the only ones that got better today, Ben. No, they were not. I I think the biggest deal, the biggest deals, I think, and and this is an Atlanta Braves ball club that I've been watching throughout the course of the year. Being here in Philly, obviously the Phillies and the Braves and the Nats are all competing for that to win the National League East. But the moves that they just made, getting Tigers closer Shane Green, who's leading all of baseball in, in, in saves, and the guy's a stud, and then Giants reliever Mark Melanson, 
So yeah. these two guys are going to help booster that bullpen, and we know the Braves have had some struggles with this bullpen. The lineup is legit. They're going to score some runs. But can they hold a lead? That's the issue. That's been the issue. And, well, lo and behold, they acquired Green and Melanson. I saw Melanson pitch last night, and he looked like he did back when he first came out with the, with with the, the Pirates. Pirates. Yeah, the, yeah. the curveball was there. The cutter was late. It was sharp. Um, it was 92 to 93, which he's getting some of that velocity back. So these are two huge pickups for the Atlanta Braves. Huge. They weren't, they weren't the only ones in that division. The Nats acquired a whole bunch of bullpen guys, maybe not at the level that the Braves were able to bring in, but yet – it, it's depth, and when you get to that last month of the season, what holds out over everything else? It's depth. You get into the mm-hmm. playoffs. It's depth. You can have because of the way the off days are structured. Once you get to the playoffs, if you can get in, the more depth you have, the better. And they bring in uh, Daniel Hudson. They bring in the kid Elias from the Mariners, and then they bring in Hunter Strickland. I find it mm-hmm. funny that he goes to the Nets a year after uh, Bryce Harper leaves. It probably couldn't bring him into that clubhouse prior to that, but. These guys, that team got better, too. They got deeper in that bullpen, and that's another spot of weakness uh, for, the Nas- for, for, the, for the Nationals as well. So that National League East, oh, just got super-duper interesting after today's events. I mean, my gosh, there hasn't been a trade dead like th- deadline like this in quite some time. And up until today, it was really kind of ho-hum, right? Right, It was just right. kind of like, you know, who's out there? The big names. You know, we know about Baumgartner uh, for, the, for the Giants. We know about uh, Will Smith for the Giants at the back yeah. end. Well, those two guys are staying, and all of a sudden he's like, well, Granke was the, you know, the other biggest name out there. Obviously, he's on the move down to Houston. But you look at a team like the Phillies who really needed some bullpen support. They don't get anybody in the bullpen. They, they go out and get uh, Blake Parker from the Twins. They get uh, they get Jason Vargas from the Mets to just start you know in starting pitching. Uh, Drew Smiley, who just made a second start for the Phillies last night, we kind of thought that the Phillies would go out and boost booster that bullpen a little bit. It wasn't. They went out and got a couple starting pitchers, and they're going to try and ride out the guys that they have right now. It doesn't look like they're getting Robertson back anytime soon. Um, Tommy Hunter just had surgery the other day to, to re- uh, repair his flexor tendon. So, uh, not what not what I was going to go down. You look at a team like the Dodgers; they go out and get Jed Jerko, a little bit of bench support. Uh, Jed Jerko is a consummate professional. They needed a bat from the right side. They get. Jerko. Yeah, I, 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 they, they, the Dodgers don't surprise me anything to do when it comes to just adding depth. I mean, they were like one of the first teams to really approach a roster with the, with the idea of depth in mind. So them bringing Jed Jerko um, definitely doesn't surprise me. What surprises me again that it, what surprises me is that once again, uh, after you know this is about the fifth or sixth year in a row where they've had a chance to go out and get an elite bullpen arm to help shoulder the load with Kenley Jensen, uh, they elect not to. And listen, mm-hmm. I know there was some conversations with the Pirates. They wanted Felipe Vasquez. The Pirates wanted the young kid Lux. And the Dodgers seem obviously were unwilling to part with them. And once again, they are they seem to value the prospect more than they do uh, the the actual player that has the big league experience, which is fine in most cases. But when you've reached the postseason, uh, as many times as they have, you reached the World Series two years in a row, you've come up short, basically because of the same reasons, which is the bullpen. I just it it just it's mind blowing to me. It's something we're going to have to talk with uh, Jerry Harrison Jr. about later on in the show that I just cannot fathom right now. It makes no sense. You get a guy like Felipe Vasquez and you add him to that Dodgers bullpen, they are immediately World Series favorites in my mind. The way Without their team doubt. is playing 
all year long, the way Felipe Vasquez has pitched all season long, it was a no-brainer to me, and the fact that they didn't do it is mind-blowing. Let's move to that National League Central because uh, there's obviously three teams duking it out there for, for that division. They're also duking it out for for that playoff spot, that wild-card playoff spot. Only, only the Brewers and the Cubs make moves here. St. Louis mm-hmm. made a small one, but... The Cubs, uh, they bring in they bring in uh, Nicholas Castellanos from Detroit. That's a big, big acquisition for them. Another bat. Huge. I don't know where exactly he fits though. Where, where's he going to play? Well, <laughs> I see him playing right field. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I, you know, I just I just think his game is better than than Hayward. I think he's a good complement uh, in that lineup. I just think it. I think it's a huge move. Plus, they go out and acquire Tony Kemp. That's right. Uh, from Speed the Astros, the bench, you know, yeah. so they, they, they traded Martin Maldonado uh, back to Houston. So they, they get another catcher down there uh, to go with Torinos down down in Houston. But they get Tony Kemp, who I think is a huge uh, quality at bat off the bench. You have the speed. You got a guy that can play all three outfield positions. Uh, that's huge for them. But, the, the you know, Ben Zobris is, you know, that was their guy. The, the guy off the bench, you can play multiple positions. Now they have Tony Kemp that can fill in. He's a guy that I think that uh, Joe Madden can use pretty much every day somewhere in that lineup. Yeah, but, I, I, but, but I don't know if, if, you know, if Joe Madden decides to do that. I think Tony Kemp's a huge acquisition for them. I, definitely defensive replacement in, in late games, uh, especially for a guy like Nicholas Castellanos. If he's going to be in right field, you can replace him. And with a guy like Kemp and, and move some guys around, they have the pieces. I think the Cubs do to get deep into the playoffs. On the uh, their rival, their their division rival, the Milwaukee Brewers, they go out and they get some starting pitching. They bring in true Drew Pomeranz, and they bring in right-hander Ray Black from the Giants, who uh, were kind of unloading some of their relief help. Kind of, I don't know if that's the white flag, so to speak. They didn't give away none of the big names, but those are certainly pieces that help you. Um, can help you win a win a wild card spot if you have it. The, the Giants being only two and a half out going into today, uh, but you move some pieces like that. I, I would say that that hampers. They also Brewers also acquired Jordan Lyles, who they acquired from the Padres last year. So mm-hmm. uh, it, they've gotten better. They've gotten deeper. I don't know if they've gotten better, but they have some more arms to their disposal. They got a, a, a banged up starting rotation right now. Yeah, they do. And talking about uh, banged up starting rotations, let's let's dive into the Yankees. And oh. their, their inability to acquire one of those starting oh. pitchers that we were talking about. But these are guys, you see, CC's on the shelf. Tanaka is just a, a shell of himself. He's given up runs at an alarming rate. Um, you know, it's kind of like, where do they go? You know, where do they go? We Okay, we know how great that bullpen is. We know how great the lineup is. But if you can't hold guys that, you know, if you're giving up five, six runs in the first couple innings, you're never going to get to that great bullpen. You're going to be burning guys out. But this is a, a, a team that I thought was for sure we're going to go out and land one of these big-name guys because they have the farm system that they're able to just trade guys away. They can replenish their farm system. The Braves, the Yankees, these are a couple teams the Astros that seem like they can deplete a farm system and all of a sudden, boom, they can bring that farm system back up. They can replenish it as quickly as anybody. The way they develop guys, much like the Cardinals, they can develop guys at lower levels better than anybody in baseball. They've done it for years. They have a recipe for it. And that's why I thought they would trade away some of these minor league guys to get a big, big name, to get a, go get a a Granky or a Bumgarner, just to give them some stability at starting pitchers. They didn't do it. By the way, real quick before I get into the Yankees, did you see the hole that 
the Diamondbacks bring back in that trade for Grinky. They get the number three prospect uh, in Seth Beer. They get the number four prospect in, in right-hander Corbin Martin. They get the number five prospect uh, as well. So they bring in the number 22. So they bring in a haul. But back to the Yankees. I talked to uh, somebody in the know. I talked to a source today and said, you know, the Yankees, they wanted to get Stroman, right? That didn't work out. And they, I heard they don't want, they didn't want any part of Bauer, so that kind of handcuffs them there as far as starters. The the Arizona Diamondbacks, keep this in mind. They just got that. I just mentioned that hole that they got uh, from the Astros. They were when the Yankees called in to ask about Robbie Ray, they were asking for tip top of the uh, of the Yankees prospects, and the Yankees weren't having it. So listen, I, you feel bad. I, I don't feel bad for them because they had a shot. Again, a team valuing their prospects when they've already – it makes no sense to to me, especially when you're a team like the the Astros or the Dodgers who consistently refill their organizations even after they're depleted with prospects. You clearly have the scouts and and, and so on to to replenish, yet you want to hold on to the guys you have even though your track record says – we can bring in more guys. We have an eye to, to evaluate talent, yet they are hanging on to these prospects. And listen, you Ben, you know this just as well as I do. The window to win is not very big. And when no. you pass on a chance to get a guy, even if it is a guy like Robbie Ray, and you got to give up maybe a little more than you expect, you do it. You got CeCe Sabathia in his last year. You got a team that is primed for a World Series run. If they have the starting pitching, yet you elect not to do it because you want to hold on to your prospects. Makes no sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. And let's be honest, Junior, if you look at a, a prospect, right, how many of these prospects actually turn out to be anything? They, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a lot. It's not I, a lot. I'm, I'm putting all my chips in. If I'm the Yankees, I'm putting all my chips. Well, it's, it's too late now because there's only one trade deadline now. But, you know, it's like – you have a prospect who, who has success at the minor league level. He's done it for years. They project him to be this and that. How many of these prospects actually end up being the guy? You know, how many of these guys end up being superstars? It just doesn't seem like it really pans out for a lot of these guys. It's yeah. very it's very rare that those prospects, that the organizations actually move, end up being that good. You know what I'm saying? It's right. usually the ones they decide to hang on to, right? The Mike Trouts of the world that come through your – like, you don't get rid of those guys. You just know when you see it that they're going to be good. Fernando Tatis Jr. fits into that. You don't right. give up those type of guys, but everybody else should be expendable. I'm sorry. I'm with you. I'm with you. And then you have other teams like the the, the Indians and the Reds who make this blockbuster deal for probably two of the most Yeah, unstable. the Padres are involved in that. That's right. And the Padres as well. But you have two players involved, probably the two most unstable players in all the land. You know, we have saw what Trevor Bauer did last week, or, or Sunday, I should say, throwing a ball over the center field wall. It's like, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It's like, why would another team go out on a limb and take somebody as – volatile as as Trevor Bauer you know they have him they have his rights through next year but then the the then they go out and they get rid of one crazy guy and then they get another crazy guy in Yasiel Puig but I thought these are guys that were going to just okay they're going to go get Bauer and then they're going to flip him I thought the 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 Mets were going to go out and, and acquire Marcus Stroman and then flip him to another team maybe maybe just go out there and, and pillage somebody and get all their prospects yeah it I, didn't I, happen it seems like they're going to hold on to these guys yeah I thought that's that's the first thing I thought when I saw the Stroman go deal go down I was like this makes no sense Maybe they're getting him to flip him to the Yankees and and hold on to him because we know from everything I've read, Stroman really wanted to go to the Yankees. He thought he was going to the Yankees, and then that didn't happen. 
Uh, I thought for sure the Mets would be flipping. And I talked to some 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 reporters that are that are, are involved in this, and they said that that wasn't the case. That the Mets have indicated that they want to hang on to Stroman and, and kind of prepare for this 2020 season. Back to this this Indians and Reds deal, though. I thought the Indians came back with a great haul, right? You get mm-hmm. Yasio Puig, and albeit volatile at times, uh, you, you're hoping with the Ramirez and and some of the the Latin the Latin um, uh, flavor that they got over there that maybe he can kind of calm down a little bit. Uh, you bring in Logan Allen, who was a, a, a prospect that was highly regarded here in San Diego. You get a big power bat in Fran Mil Reyes, who I think mm-hmm. has a chance to be a very good hitter. He's limited defensively, but guess what? He's in the a, he's in the AL now, so defense doesn't necessarily need to be his his strong suit. Right. Uh, you bring in another prospect in Victor Nova. I think the Indians got the better of this deal. Now the Padres get something they desperately needed. They needed a a a. A the the position players in the minor league levels is low compared to what they have pitching wise. You bring in a guy like Taylor uh, uh, Tramiel, uh, this kid can play, and and he's struggling a little bit in Double A now. But you know how it goes. All teams think that they can fix what the other team wasn't doing with with a certain guy. So exactly right. But you know you have some of these guys. You're thinking, okay, these trades are going down. I can't. I just can't believe the amount of action that we've just seen. Literally, like the last hour and a half. Flurry. It, but it, you know what? It, 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 it's fun, though, because we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes. When it comes to baseball, they are behind the eight ball as far as keeping the conversation going about baseball. Right. And if this would have been a, a slow and dead period during the trade deadline, I'm not sure. It would have been really bad for baseball because we know this coming offseason, based on all of the extensions signed, this free agent class is going to be – not very exciting. There's a lot of guys that were going to be free agents that have already signed deals and, and won't be free agents no more. So I think teams understood that. They see that coming forward. They know that this free agent class isn't going to be as strong. So they got to make their moves right now. And we saw a lot of teams do that today. Yeah, it is it amazing, though, how you take a look at the Astros, who for years were just bad. Yeah. I mean, they just they lost 100 games every year, perennially. And they didn't spend any money. They, but all of a sudden, now they're 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 eating a contract like Zach Greinke, right? right. They they, they want to get back to the promised land. They had a taste of it in 2016 when they won it all. And it's like, okay, they're they're filling the seats with you know they're putting butts in the seats every night down there in Houston. It's a fun team to to it watch is, come play is. every night. But it's unfortunate that you have a fan base that has to sit through that, right? Yeah. It's a great ballpark yeah. down there in Houston. But that fan base to put that fan base through that, and it's nice to see the fan base come back it, out. It, and now. It's nice to see the fan base be rewarded again. Exactly. To, to go out and get these guys. And that's the problem with with rebuilding the way the Astros done. It's not guaranteed that it works out. I mean, you got to hit. When you get those number one picks, you get the top three, four picks, you got to hit on those guys. If right. you don't hit on those guys, it pushes you back another year. Mm-hmm. And what the Astros did well, and and, and really you got to tip your hat to, to that front office, they drafted guys, and those guys produced not all of them. Now they didn't hit on all of them. They had, I think, they had a hundred straight losses, what three straight years in a row. Right. I think only one of those guys ended up being, and I think that's Correa, ended up being a dude. But they used those other picks that maybe they saw earlier than everybody else wasn't going to come through. They moved them, got other pieces instead, and now you're looking at a team that's a playoff contending team every single year, and that's a fan base that's rewarded. The only issue is it's not guaranteed. You still, a whole bunch of things have to fall into place, and, and I think the Padres are learning that right now. 
things have to fall into place. Guys got to perform. When they don't, you it's a setback for your organization. Without a doubt. And that's and that's the one thing about baseball. That is, it's just never an exact science. You talked exactly. about getting these picks. It's just not an exact science. I use myself as that, that example all the time. I was the number two pick overall in 1995, right? Roy Halladay was the number 17 pick in the same draft. <laughs> right. You know right. what I mean? So that's, right. what, that's what goes to show you that who do you think the Padres would have rather had? I mean, it's seriously, it's, it's just never an exact science. I was very fortunate to be drafted that high. But if you look at it, it's, it's in hindsight, you just don't really know. You is, don't. A guy, is a guy really going to fill out? Is a guy with his swing, is he really going to hit 30 home runs? Is he going to be able to sustain that and catch, you know, 140 games a year? You just never know because it's not an exact science. It's every day. And you're taking either a high school kid or a college kid that may have maybe have excelled their, their entire life. But you put them in professional baseball, it's a completely different animal. I think that's why organizations like, they like the analytics of it because it, it gives them, at least in their mind, it gives them some of that exact science that you're talking about right they those numbers are concrete so they follow that because it's concrete otherwise they know going into a draft and and all of these different other things that there is no guarantee there's not an exact science to it so right. you, you, they'd rather they'd rather lean on those numbers and feel comfortable if they miss knowing the numbers said one thing then you know as they see it just guessing and that's i think that's where the kind of the 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 miss the miscommunication goes on between people who are the analytics group and the guys who played and, and see the game. It's got to be a mixture of both. And uh, I, I think that's why we are in this spot where these prospects are valued so much higher than the guys who've actually produced on the field. Yeah, I guess I'm just more of a give-it-to-me-now guy because, you know, I'm looking at it as like, well, this prospect, he might be. Whereas you're looking at it in the big leagues, this guy is – you know, he is that good. He is the perennial all-star. You know exactly what you're right. getting. The prospect is like, oh, he could be, you know, I'll flip a coin. We'll right. see. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, it's it's just um, the flurry of activity. It's cool to see. And it's also cool to see a lot of these these teams responding. You know, even the A's going out and get their Tanner Rower. Yeah. You know, they needed some starting pitching. It's nice to see these teams reach out and at least try and make an effort to get better, to make their team better. And maybe that maybe that's just a little thing. Maybe Tanner Rower goes to the American League and, you know, he keeps throwing that sinker and the curveball and his changeup and he has some success. Um, and they, they, yeah, they get him back to the playoffs. But it's nice to see these teams, with, you know, actually, care because there's so many teams involved it's nice to see them go out and say you know what we're going to try and reward our ball club we're trying to reward our fan base the Phillies going out and getting Corey Dickerson I think it's a huge move he's a guy that you know he's going to play left field every day just about um, and he's a guy that's currently hitting 317 he's a guy that doesn't strike out doesn't like to strike out he gets a two two strikes guess what he does junior he Jumps chokes up, up and puts it into play god forbid we see more guys doing that but it's nice to see that the, the, they're getting rewarded is, it, is Corey Dickerson going to put the Phillies over the top? Uh, probably not. But you know what? It's a nice piece to build around to, to having your outfield in your lineup every day. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, listen, it's it's, it's a, another depth move. I mean, depth is cool because you get into a playoff series, right, and maybe a guy is struggling through the first two games. When you don't have that depth, he's got to keep running out of there, out there. And when you have that depth, you can go somewhere else. You can go game to game, and and, and put. We saw the Dodgers really do that in the last couple playoffs. So uh, I, I, there is no doubt about it that 
regardless of especially that Corey Dickerson move, it, it may not be sexy, but it, it's it's a definitely a good move for the Phillies for sure. Yeah, but then you're looking at the Pirates. Well, why would the Pirates get rid of them? Well, they get two hundred fifty thousand dollars in international money back. Oh yeah, I mean, that's huge. I mean, this is this is something that you see obviously you know with the, oh, yeah. the influence from different countries in Major League Baseball. That's a huge for them, and they they take a lot of pride in their international scouting, and to be able to get two hundred fifty grand, you know, that could go out and sign one of the bigger name prospects in international pool money. So um, obviously the, the Pirates value that. We, we're starting to see a lot more teams value that international prize pool money. By the and, way, and rightfully so. Remember how the Pirates got uh, uh, Dickerson. I mean, he was put on waivers by the Rays, and they just snatched him up, and he's been mm-hmm. there since. So this has probably turned out, if you're t- talking in terms of flipping, the Pirates did pretty good for this one right here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But again, I think it's a, it's a good pickup for the Phils, and and we'll see where that goes. But uh, getting to some guys that, you know, we're taking a look at some of the teams that made the moves. I'm I'm trying to think of what's going on, and I know you picked the the Twins to win the the American League Central, but this Indians team is you coming know on strong. They're coming on strong, and you got Bieber, who's who's. I, I hate to give pitchers credit because, you know, I had to work with her for all those years. But this is an athletic guy that's making pitches. He's getting – I mean, he's doing the job. Uh, I don't think the Indians even really saw him being – stepping in and, and filling that void and, and being the pitcher he's going to be. He obviously, the MVP of the All-Star game. But he made a play the other day. It was a, it was a little jam shot pop-up over in the first base dugout. And he just basically split the catcher and the first base run over there. And full extension, one of those plays, you're like, whoa, did a pitcher really do that? Um, but he's, he's an athletic guy that I think that the Indians, you talk about a guy, maybe they're just like, you know what, we're going to get rid of Bauer. We're, we're tired of his antics. We have a guy that we can build around. They might, get, they might get Salazar back. They might get Kluber back. You don't know for sure. But if they have those guys, I think you have a pretty good three legit three guys to take into a playoff series no doubt about it and what does this say about how the indians felt uh, about trevor bauer they sent him to cincinnati by the way who who uh, in their in their defense feel like they are close they feel like next year they got a chance to contend in that division but right now, I mean, Cincinnati's not the place to be. We saw the fisticuffs that took place there yesterday. There clearly are some upset folks there that are tired of losing baseball games and frustration is mounting. Uh, but listen, when you when you got an act like Trevor Bauer, uh, you run the risk of being sent to to a place like Cincinnati and when they're not Siberia. <laughs> You're acting like Cincinnati, Siberia. It's it not might, that it, bad, it, is it, it? it? Yes, it is. It might as well be. It might as well be. Um, you know. It gets into, uh, you know, Syndergaard obviously doesn't go anywhere. Bumgarner doesn't go anywhere. I'm talking about in terms of baseball, by the way. It I, is I know. Of baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a good place to hit. You got you can't deny <laughs> that. Is, it is a good uh, place to hit, which is even funnier. They sent, you, they sent you to a place where it is the best place to hit other than maybe Colorado in all of the league. Exactly, exactly. Uh, getting into some, some trades that didn't go down. Bum, Bumgarner stays. Syndergaard stays. Uh, where do you see these guys? I mean, I wouldn't say you have two guys. Obviously, Bumgarner has, has been there, done that. But you have someone like Syndergaard. Do you think he's just teams refrain from getting Syndergaard? Maybe the the price is asking too much. And the bottom line is he's having a tough time staying off the DL or the I, IO, I should say. I know in terms of um, I know in terms of the Padres, what I was hearing was they were asking for three major league ready guys and two high prospects, and that's to me is too high for Syndergaard. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're the Padres, you've spent all this time building up this 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 roster, 
and and I don't know that you can afford to give away three guys who are major league ready, and then to add two guy two prospects on top of it. I just think the asking price was too high, and and that's why they pulled him off reportedly, pulled him off the block late last night. Yeah, and I, with regards to Bumgarner, I think it was just one of those things. It just wasn't the right fit. And if they if they still think they're in this thing, the Giants, you know, two and a half games out of first place, um, or three and a half games, I should say now. I don't know. I'm just watching this ball club. They're doing it. I wouldn't say with smoke and mirrors, but it's pretty darn close. The lineup is eh, is okay. Yeah. The bullpen's been phenomenal for them, absolutely phenomenal. And nobody knows how to man- manipulate a bullpen like Bruce Bochy. I got to, we got to witness it firsthand. Um, he make moves, and I'm you know walking out to the mound, and he's coming out there. Oh, what the heck is he doing again? <laughs> but Boch, I mean, there's a reason he's got three rings to his name, That's and right. in my opinion, will be end up in Cooperstown, no doubt. Um, but they're, I just look at the Giants, and they're just they're okay. I, I think they're kind of doing it. It's kind of like a win one for the Gipper here for you know, Boch's last year. Um, I think they're kind of playing for him more than anything, and it's working. But I don't, I just don't see them holding on. Um, that's why I'm a little bit surprised Bumgarner didn't go. Okay, let's bring on a good buddy of mine, Jerry Harrison Jr., who spent 16 years, 16 in the major leagues, uh, nine different organizations, including his time with the Yankees amid their World Series title run in 2009. Also was a teammate of mine with the Dodgers and the Padres. He's now working for the Dodgers as a TV analyst on Sportsnet LA. You can follow him on Twitter at the Real Jay Hare. Jay Hare, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing well, doing well. Just trying to recover from this uh, trade deadline uh, type day. A lot of uh, deals being made at the last second. And, uh, you know, some teams got better. Some teams kind of stood pat. Well, let's talk about the team that's at the top of my list that stood pat, and I just can't believe it. What? Why not let a guy go, let a prospect go, to get an arm like Felipe Vasquez, clearly the Dodgers were in hot pursuit of him. Uh, the word is they didn't want to give up Lux. That's who the Pirates were asking for. Jerry, when you've been to the World Series two years in a row and you've had a chance, you've been right on the doorstep, and that seemingly is the one thing that is the big blinking red light of if there is a need for the Dodgers, that is it. How don't they pull the trigger here? Well, first of all, you know, I, I don't know what was said throughout these calls. I'm sure there are numerous calls. And I understand the Dodgers not wanting to part with Gavin Lux. And I understand because I would have parted with Gavin Lux. But that being said, if you're the Pirates, you're a team that's really going nowhere. You're in last place in the Central Division. And, and you need to bolster your, your uh, farm system. What they should have asked for said, okay, we don't want Lux. Anymore, we asked for him obviously first and foremost. But now that you don't want to give up Lux, we want four, five, possibly six guys from your farm system. And I think the Dodgers would have been willing to move maybe a, a Ruiz, especially with with the development of Will Smith, who's really been tearing it up uh, as a catcher here in the big leagues. So you probably been willing to, to part ways with a Ruiz and maybe three or four other prospects to get a Vasquez. So you know we don't know the details yet. But I'm very surprised the Pirates uh, decided to hold on to Vasquez because I really believe this was the time to strike, if you were them, to to really load up your farm system because you're a team that's uh, four or five years away. Yeah, but Jerry, you're looking at a farm system in, in the Dodgers that say you trade away some of these guys. If you're willing to do that, the Dodgers have are one of those systems, one of those uh, – 
organizations that just produce guys. They, they keep bringing guys up who keep producing. Every year. Every year. So why not just get rid of these guys? They're able to replenish their farm system. To get someone like Vasquez, I think he's the best closer in baseball. Why not do that? Why not take that risk? Guys, right now, this is we're almost an hour in or after the, the deadline. And to be honest with you, I would have bet the house that we would have got Vasquez. Yeah. Because like you mentioned, you know, we've been to back-to-back World Series. You need that power arm. Even from the left side, I always look towards the future. And, Tony, you understand this. Once you get to the postseason, it's all about matchups. Yep. So if we face uh, uh, uh Astros team in the World Series or the Yankees team in the World Series, you need a number of power arms to negate their power back. So I really thought the Dodgers would have been all in on Vasquez. And I, like I said it in Twitter and I said it the last couple of days, you don't have to give up Kevin Lux, but you can give up four or five guys to get Vasquez. I really thought the Pirates, Pirates would have agreed to that. It's unfortunate the team uh, the teams uh, didn't meet and get the deal done. But on the flip side, I'm looking at what the Astros just did wow. yeah. on the trade market, yeah. just yeah. acquiring Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke is their third, <laughs> their number three, their three starter. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. So now the Astros, not only do they have a, the, probably arguably the best lineup in all of baseball, they have the best rotation in all of baseball right now. Let me ask you this, Jerry, because you, you've been in L.A. for quite some time. Uh, you know how this fan base works. God forbid you guys have to face the Braves who went out and bolstered their bullpen in a playoffs. This could be uh, something that gets a little dicey for that front office in L.A. if they were to have to face one another in, in a playoff series. That's a great point. You know, Alex uh, and Perry Manassian, uh the GMs over there with the Braves, did an incredible job to bolster in their bullpen. And, you know, we said, it, you know, last year we thought the Braves were probably a year or two, maybe three years away, but their young players have really uh, been on the fast track and become young stars. Acuna is an absolute beast. I love their second baseman as well. They have a really good team. Their starters are coming along. And now to add uh, three or four bullpen pieces, and a couple of those guys are veteran bullpen arms. This team is scary. They've been playing great baseball, especially yeah. the last two months. So you're right, Tony. If we run into a team like that, especially if they're hot, yes, the pressure will be on yeah. the Dodgers. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you want to make moves at the deadline. You want to keep, keep the guys you have uh, without, you know, uh, giving up so much to acquire a stud piece or two. But, it's going to be interesting if we do run into to the Braves in the postseason. Real quick, Ben, before real quick yeah, before you ask your next question, I think I've come up with that answer why the Pirates didn't give up Felipe Vasquez or weren't willing to part with him. He's under control until 2024. That is a long time, which probably why they felt they could ask for some of the top-tier prospects around baseball. It's a, it's a great thing that he is under control for, for a long time. But, Tony, as you know, the Pirates – They've been bad for quite some time. Let's be yeah. real. Okay, <laughs> let's be real. But when you have a piece like a Vasquez, who is a closer, he's not even a starting pitcher, you have a chance to get four or five, maybe six prospects to really benefit your team, and you don't take advantage of that. What good is a closer if you're always losing seven and three? Exactly. Right? Touche. So I'm shocked that they didn't deal him to get a plethora of prospects. Yeah, and you look at I, I had the I had the Yankees and the Dodgers going to the World Series, and I had the Dodgers, you know, pulling it out uh, finally third times a charm for them. But now I'm looking at the Yankees, thinking I don't even know if they can get, get to the World yeah, Series because yeah. the starting pitching. I thought they were one thing they would do for sure is go out and acquire somebody. 
they have the means to do it, much like the Dodgers, a farm system that is stocked. They can replenish it. But now I'm looking at it like, well, I still think the Dodgers are going to get there because of their, their starting pitching and their lineup. Not so sure if they can do it and not adding that bullpen piece. But now you're looking at the Astros. It would be fun to see an Astros-Dodgers World Series. Well, I'm hoping the Dodgers you make it uh, again. You know, anything right. can happen now right. until October. Injuries could happen. But as we look at things the way it is right now, you look at the rosters. Right now, it's no secret, guys. The Astros seem to beat. Yeah. Uh, they have a stranglehold on this thing. They did an incredible job of adding depth to the rotation, and not just adding depth. They added a veteran arm that has pitched in the postseason before uh, and a guy that's not afraid to pitch in big games, and he's their third starter. Adding a guy like Zach Greinke really will bolster that staff and really ignite that team that has won a World Series before. So, you know, as of, as of right now, July 31st, the Astros are the team to beat. A lot can happen. Jared, do you think the Astros lineup is better than the Dodgers? Uh, I think when they're firing on all cylinders, uh, I think they, they can be. Uh, you have to remember now, it's, it's all about matchups. Okay, right. we have a lot of left-handed pitchers, you know, whether it's Hunter Ryu, Clayton Kirchhoff, Rich Hill. They have a lot of right-handed hitters. Yeah. So yeah, I saw it in the World Series a, a few years ago. Sometimes that doesn't play. It's all about the matchups. The Astros, for whatever reason, match up really well against the Dodgers. Maybe it's their stud right-handed hitters from Altuve that aren't afraid to make contact to Correa, to Springer, to Bregman. They have a lot of right-handed firepower that uh, matches up well against the Dodgers. Now, I don't count the Dodgers out, out of anything. You know, anytime you have a guy with Clayton Kershaw in your rotation or Walker Bueller, they definitely have enough firepower. But right now, give the edge to the Astros. Hey, they won a World Series a couple years ago, so they know how to get it done. By the way, the Dodgers have in their Triple A team in Oklahoma City have a whole nother five man rotation that they can bring up that would be very good at the big league level. Uh, Jerry, I want to ask you a little bit about this Will Smith kid that just came up. You guys send down Austin Barnes, who struggled this year. Will Smith steps onto the scene and has been hitting since he arrived. Tell is this kid the real deal or what? He is the real deal. This this young man has made some some great strides offensively. Now he was always a guy that can catch the ball really good receiver behind the plate can call a call a game uh wise beyond his years even though he's you know 23 24 years of age you know he acts like a 30 year old veteran uh the offense has has come into play he's made some adjustments he really reminds me of of justin turner he's kind of mimicked his swing you know where he positions his hands uh close to his body he has that little bit of a leg kick and he can drive the ball to off fields he continues to improve offensively and he's got that it factor We've seen him hit two <laughs> walk-off home runs in his rookie year. Uh, he is the real deal, and he's been fun to watch. This kid can fly off swing the bat. Yeah, and one of those was against my fight in Phil, so I'm not too happy about that, Jerry. <laughs> well, it happens. It does. Well, Jerry, we know we got to let you get out of here. We certainly appreciate you coming on and, and joining us for the show, and uh, good luck to the Dodgers the rest of the way. Thanks, Tony. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jerry. Have a good one. That'll do it for this edition of Big Time Baseball, Players Edition, brought to you by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to shows on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, I'm Ben Davis alongside Tony Gwynn Jr. Thanks for listening. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.